We are going to have some fun today. We are going to face a lot of truths about ourselves, the excuses that we might be making, the things that we might be doing to self-sabotage, right? And things that you might want to start doing to level up your health and to actually lose the fat, to get in shape, to get to your goals instead of complaining about them. Okay, so I am bringing you Bobby Maximus. For those of you who do not know him, he is amazing and smart all at the same time. He started on the Ultimate Fighter Series, season two and 30. He has competed in numerous fight competitions across North America. He fought in the UFC, UFC 58, 62, Ultimate Fight Night 5, kick-ass athlete, best-selling author. You have to get his book, Maximus Bobby. And he's also a trainer on the ladder app that I always talk about on here. So he's my trainer. So you guys have a great time listening to this one. I really hope it just turns a light on for you. Bobby Maximus, thank you so much for joining me. And listen, I, I, I gave, I said this in the intro too, but I need your tough love. I need your brutal honesty for my audience. That's why you're on here. We're doing a whole week of no excuses, no bullshit. And that's why I wanted, I wanted you on here. You're my coach in ladder, been following you forever. I love your attitude. It's exactly you're like a brother from another mother, quite honestly, but thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored and humbled. Thanks. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right. So going you have a podcast too and the latest episode you and Joseph Bull are talking about no excuses and really breaking down what fucks people up and and when it comes down to people really looking at what they're putting in their mouths or what excuses they're coming up with to not train i want to go through all of that because my people need that i think it's so easy and listen, I, I have people that have thyroid problems. I see people that have hormone problems. I see women with low testosterone and insulin resistance. And those are real issues stopping them from losing weight. But we tend to forget about the simple things. And we will always want to jump to, well, maybe I need more medication or this supplement or this new fad diet. And it really isn't that complicated, is it? No. And I want to say by starting. Yeah. I am very averse to any type of medication as an intervention. I'm also very averse to surgery. And what I mean by that is there are scenarios where I think medication, surgery, maybe getting your stomach clamped. I think there are situations where that is necessary. Mm -hmm. 
The problem is there are usually, and by usually, I mean 99.9% .9 of the time, a bunch of other steps that could have been taken to avoid some medical intervention. And people, because they're lazy, they don't want to do those steps. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually, it was funny. I had a talk with a friend today about low testosterone. Yeah. And his doctor recommended that he get a prescription and, you know, do something to bump up his testosterone. So I gave him a quick quiz. How much do you sleep every night? Four hours. How's stress at home? High. How's your diet? I eat a lot of sugar. What about booze? I drink a lot. Listen, the answer is to not go run for a pill or a cream or some prescription. I promise you, we fix these things. You no longer have an issue. But unfortunately, that's just not how society is right now. We are based on go see the doctor, get the pill, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to get back to the basics. The basics are so easily forgotten, just like you said with your friend. And and the other thing that I, that you said, you guys said on, it might have been that podcast. It might have been the laziest fuck podcast, but I'm okay as long, like your, your cop friend. I'm okay if you are happy being fat and out of shape and tired and you don't complain about it. I agree completely. That's fine. But if you're doing all those things that you just talked to your friend about, not sleeping, drinking booze, stressed out, not taking care of yourself, and then you complain about it, that's a problem. Yeah, you've got to make a change. Yeah. But yeah. think about think about the model that we use in society. You know, I was watching a TV show last night. There must have been in an hour TV show, five different ads for antidepressants. Yeah. No, no mention of like any tools to actually make yourself happier. Right. No mention about therapists or self-care or self-love or any of that. It was literally take this pill that's loaded with side effects and this is going to fix all your problems. We just oh, yeah. live in a society where people don't want to do the real work. It's a great Band-Aid. Antidepressants are a fantastic Band-Aid to what the real problem is below. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So talking about food, you guys stress all the time, no processed food. If it comes in a box, if it comes in a bag, and that's why I say all the time too. So can, let's let's break down some rules of eating and just make it simple for the folks. Expand. Yeah, so I, I follow a fairly regimented diet. Now I wanna put this out there. I do have fun. So if you're about to turn this podcast off and say, oh no, here we go with the boiled chicken breast and broccoli, that's not who I am. I do indulge and I build that into my diet. Yeah. But the single most important thing that I do is no processed food. And I say no, let's put a little star beside it because again, sometimes I do indulge. Right. Better way to word it might be I limit processed food as much as possible. Now, mm -hmm. what do I mean by processed? If you can't murder it or pluck it from the tree or a plant, you probably shouldn't be eating it. If it comes in a package, it's probably not good for you. Yep. If you can't understand the ingredients, you probably shouldn't be putting it in your mouth. If it's not a food 100 years ago, it's not a food today. So if you can get back to just doing that, there are two ways that will dramatically increase your health. One, your aesthetics, if you will, your body fat the amount of muscle you have, overall, you'll be a much fitter person or a more fit person. Mm -hmm. 
But the other way that's going to help you is with hormonal health. The chemicals in food, the amount of processed stuff we eat, it starts to tank our human growth hormone, our testosterone. It starts to raise our, you know, our cortisol. It's really a root of a lot of our problems. And so if you can just do the no process thing, you're going to be way better off. Now, there are layers to this. I said, can you murder it or pluck it from a tree? Okay, so steaks on the menu, fish is on the menu, chickens on the menu, arugula is on the menu, red berries are on the menu, apples or bananas are on the menu, stuff that I can actually grab. Mm -hmm. The next level down for me is processed food that still uses real ingredients that's not necessarily bad. So you could make an argument that an olive is probably better than olive oil, uh, especially because people can consume an incredible amount of calories from olive oil. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't eat that many olives, but it's not necessarily bad for you. I just kind of put it a grade below something you could eat in its natural state. And the third one down would be some type of dessert you eat, maybe ice cream, for example. Hagen Dawes ice cream, not trying to promote them, but they use cane sugar, which is real sugar. Sure. And I don't know if you knew this, if an ingredient label just says sugar, it could be one of 27 different substances made in the laboratory. I did not know that. It doesn't have to be honey or agave or maple syrup or cane sugar. So you don't know what you're getting and it can feed all kinds of horrible gut bacteria. And so if it says cane sugar, it has to be cane sugar. There's a natural sugar, egg yolk, cream, and vanilla. I'm willing to ingest that because when you break it down, it's still processed. Yeah, there's no ice cream tree, but at least it's real ingredients. On the other hand, there are ice cream varieties you can get that have 5,000 ingredients and it you know, is, is made up of all kinds of chemicals. The kicker with this is I'm not actually asking you to suffer. If you and I were to go to dinner tonight at Gordon Ramsay restaurant, yep. he's not serving processed food. If you're a, you're a fan of cooking, you would know who Thomas Keller is. He, he runs a French laundry, one of the greatest chefs in the world. There's nothing that comes out of a can at that restaurant. So I'm actually asking you to eat better and more enjoyable. It shouldn't be that difficult, but that's far and away. If that's all you did, you would change your life. Absolutely. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and when we're talking about, I, I love that you say you're not suffering because so many people get into that woe is me. This is so hard. How am I going to cook with real food? And, and it just consumes them that changing their diet away from the grab and go convenience box crap into real food is going to be this, this huge suffering. I have to give up what I love. I have to work more to make my food. And what would you say to that excuse? It's, it's exactly that. It's an excuse. You don't want to put the effort in. You'd rather go to the vending machine and pull out a Snickers bar or a bag of Doritos or an ice cream sandwich or a fat boy or whatever you shove in your mouth than take five minutes and actually prepare food. That's just the reality. You just don't want to work for it. And what it comes down to is I used to call people lazy, but I don't call them lazy anymore because it's hurtful and it's, a, it's, it's really an impediment to getting people on board. What I say now is they don't value it. Like whatever their goal is, losing 10 pounds, they don't value it enough to make the change to put in the effort. If yeah. they've got low testosterone, they don't 
the, the, the side effects of that are not so negative that they're willing to take five minutes and prepare some food or do something else. If they're a little tired at the playground playing with their kids and a little embarrassed, it's not so bad that they're willing to put in five minutes of effort. That's just what it comes down to. They don't yeah. value it enough. Yeah, it is. It's all about value, 100%. So when we're talking, moving from processed foods actually into the macros, you and Joe said something on the podcast, fuck your macros, which I love too, because, and I'm going to let you break this down, but I just did a podcast entitled, The Only Thing Worse Than a Vegetarian is a Vegan, because we really need to bring our focus back to protein. I mean, you and I, I mean, you're a hardcore athlete. I did competitions, bodybuilding, fitness figure back in the day, powerlifting. I know the value of protein, but it's not talked about enough in just general society and what protein can do to your body beneficially and what the lack of protein can do to your body in a negative way. So can you expand on that? And, and let's talk about macros a little bit. Yeah, so without going down all kinds of rabbit holes, just look at protein as a building block. It's what runs your body. You can live without carbs, you can live without fat, you cannot live without protein, so you need it. And maybe there are some women that are listening to your podcast that are saying, well, I don't want to build all kinds of muscles, so I don't need a lot of protein. Last time I checked, every girl on the planet, every woman on the planet wants nice hair, nice nails, nice skin, bright, shiny eyes. Like Protein does all of that. So it's not just get out of the habit of uh, falling victim to, I guess, the bodybuilding companies trying to sell you on protein because you're going to get big. Like it's just a vital nutrient for health and wellness. Right. I don't like tracking macros. I don't want to live a re restrictive lifestyle. And if I do go to a fancy restaurant, I want to be able to eat. I want to be able to enjoy. And when you start weighing and measuring and doing all that kinds of stuff, I think you're setting yourself up for long-term failure because no one can live an enjoyable life like that. Well, I shouldn't say no one. There are people that enjoy it. Great. It's good for them. Most people can't. Right. So what I do, what I recommend to people is eat a gram per pound of protein a day. You're 120 pounds, you get 120 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. Just a little word to the wise. When you start doing this, you might want to track it. Because nuts don't have as much protein as you think. Eggs don't have as much protein as you think. Cheese doesn't have as much protein as you think. Yogurt doesn't have as much protein as you think. So you may think it's easy to get there. It's actually fairly difficult. You have to eat a substantial amount of meat, fish, chicken, maybe a protein supplement. You, you, you have to work for it a little bit. But once that protein requirement is met, you need 120 grams a day. Have whatever you want, carbs and fat. I don't care if it's it's 40% of your diet is carbs, 20% of your diet is carbs, 50% of your diet is carbs. It doesn't matter. You will be good. And here's the beauty of that. Going back to rule number one, because there's like a synergy here. Yeah. If you eat nothing processed, it's almost impossible to overeat because you've eliminated all the garbage. So you almost can't overeat because when you have that much protein, and then you're focusing on filling up the rest with not processed food, you'll never eat enough calories to be overweight. Yep, exactly. And eat your protein first, because if you eat your protein first, then you're filled up and you got that in your 40 or 50 grams, whatever's in your meal, then you can move on to the sides, but then you're going to be like, eh, I don't really want that sweet potato. Kind of good, you're full. Yeah. And, but that's not, that's not what happens in society. We sit down for dinner and then bread comes to the table. <laughs> 
Then you order an appetizer and it's usually not a meat appetizer. It's usually something carby and doughy and salty. And then by then you get your meat and then you don't finish your whole entree or you're stuck. And so like what you just said, I call it protein forward. Mm -hmm. Eat your protein first and then whatever's left on your plate, then attack it. And you probably won't even want it. You'll be satiated. Exactly. hundred percent. So with, with carbs and fat, Bobby, do you, do you focus on that? Like with your clients or anybody that you're working with in training or, or advising the fighters, anything, do you have them focus on like complex versus simple carbs? Do you ever have people drop their carbs, carb cycle, focus on fat? Where, what's your take there? You know, for me, I do, but usually that's not a physical intervention. It's a psychological intervention. Oh, okay. And so, uh, like I said, if you're if you're not eating anything processed, you're getting your pound per, per gram, gram per pound a day of protein. It really doesn't matter to me what your carbon and fat split. Okay. Is. Like you're 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 gonna be fine. They'll just fall into place, kind of. Yeah. Fall into place. Yeah, exactly. However, when you start talking about people who can't or won't restrict processed food, who break on the candy, the ice cream, the chips, all that kind of stuff then I will impose some type of macronutrient rule to try and kind of keep them jailed up a little more. Yeah. Because most people, their issue is self-control. That's true. I try to like take that away. It's kind of like when I tell people no carbs at night. Mm -hmm. It's not because carbs absorb differently at night or because I think it's going to radically change their, their, you know, body structure. It's simply because when the kids go to bed, you pour yourself a drink and you're alone in the house at night. you're not going to make yourself a ribeye steak. You're going to go for a pet. It's usually carbs. So if I can get you to just buy into no carbs, at least at that point, if you decide to emotionally eat, you're going to go for salami and cheese or nuts or something that's at least better for you. So you can hit those protein goals. And you have a rule. So yeah, like you said, you have that guideline, you have that rule. So if that's the only rule you follow, in addition to eat protein first, protein forward, then you're good there too. It's just a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of structure for people. It's almost like mitigating damage. Like yeah. I, want, I want to mitigate this as much as possible. I know you're not going to follow the thing because the reality is if you had some willpower, if you had some discipline, you wouldn't need me. You would figure it out, right? Like that's what it comes down to. You yeah. know, it's funny uh, that you call me your trainer, your coach, you're a doctor. I'm fairly sure you're smart enough to write a workout program. Like it's, you need me for some sort of form of accountability, variety, fun, uh, All handle, of like yep. whatever it is. And that's just the case with, with the entire world. Like training's not unique. It's not special. It's just people are scared of it. They, you know, need the accountability, like whatever the reason is, it's not because they don't know how to do it. It's just, they need some other type of push. Yeah. The push, the structure, the accountability is just a beautiful thing. I mean, it really is. Thing. You know, so, and, and, and it works both ways too. I mean, it actually works that way in any industry. Like if you're, if you're a doctor, you're smart enough to be a plumber. You're a doctor. You're smart enough to be an electrician. If you're an electrician, you're smart enough to write a workout program. If you can write a really good workout program, you're probably smart enough to be an accountant. It's just, that's where you choose to, that's the area you chose to work in. Right. Right. Just focus. Yeah. yeah. It's really an accountability issue. And, and, and just to like kind of close that loop, every single person I've ever met knows how to eat healthy. They pretend to not know 
But if you were to give them a 100-point multiple choice quiz, what which of these foods is better for you? A, Doritos, B, Snickers, Bar, C, lettuce. <laughs> yeah. 99 out of 100 people is going to pick lettuce. You know what I mean? If you were like red meat, ice cream, maple syrup, red meat, like, like every single person on the planet is going to pass that test. We know. We just don't do it. Should probably give people that quiz just to kind of get their minds back into just basic reality of, oh yeah, that's right. I should be choosing a steak over ice cream. Really not that difficult. It's not. It's not. Well, you mentioned training too. Now I always say to women, I've been saying this for years. I have a saying it's LHS, lift heavy shit. You have to, because so many women are scared at kind of in line with the protein talk earlier, am I going to get bulky and big if I eat protein? So many women still think if they lift a heavy weight, they're going to bulk up and look like a female bodybuilder. Can you please break that down? I want to get in the excuses that people come up oh, with to not train too. So you're the, you're the expert on this. Um, so you probably have to back me up with some science or math or, or like some percentage. But if you're a woman, you don't have the hormones on board to even begin think about looking like a bodybuilder. Now, there are exceptions to that. And here's where I would rely on you. I don't know what the numbers are. One in a million, one in 10 million, one in 15 million that have some genetic abnormality that they've, they've got that on board. But for the most part, that's not you. I mean, not even for the most part, you're probably not one in 20 million or one in 15 million or whatever that right. works out to. So just because you lift weights, it doesn't mean you're automatically going to get big. Like you just don't have it on board to do that. Uh, number two, even if you did, you're probably not willing to do the work it's going to take. You know, like when you watch a person really go from, we'll call it soft to muscular, they're working out every day. They're not just showing up. They're not just swiping their membership card. They're eating the right food. They're sleeping eight hours a night. Like you would have a heart attack. You knew what I did in a day to maintain this drug-free at 43 years old. It is a full-time job to be able to do what I do. I'm actually going to break it down for people. Good. Like eight to nine hours sleep a night in a completely blacked out environment. Mm -hmm. No lights whatsoever not even from a little pin light from a TV. I have it taped over. So that's important. Mm -hmm. I have one to two ice baths a day. Oh, I have okay. a sauna every single day. I sun naked in the backyard for 20 to 40 minutes every single day. Mm -hmm. I limit processed food. I use Normatec boots. I use the hyper ice devices like the massage guns and stuff like that. I take a meditative period sometime in the day. Sometime in the day on top of that, I do some form of what I call frivolous self-care. It's playing a video game, playing with baseball cards. It's, uh, you know, watching some trash TV, yes. something completely 100% not productive and just meant to be used as a reset. I use essential oils. I drink four to six liters of water a day. I train two to three. Like you're looking at this now and you're like, dude, this is your full-time job. But that's what it takes. So there are women who I've met that can put on a lot of muscle, but they've got to do that. What I just described to you or some version of that, you're probably not willing to do that. So you don't need to worry about it just because you work out 
30 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, you go to your hour Pilates class and you have a tea after Like you're not, you're not putting on muscle. Like, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. No, you're not. You're not at all. And I would also add, well, number one, the genetic thing, it, it's, I don't even know the number. It has to be one in a million because I've never met them. I mean, I work with women every day and 99.9% of the women that I work with have low testosterone. If they would actually do a day in the life of Bobby Maximus, they might increase their testosterone naturally and put on the sexy lean muscle that makes you more metabolically active because we're, we are in an over fat under muscled society. That's I what mean, we Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even men, men's testosterone are, are just low, like crazy estrogen's high because they're carrying around all this body fat because they won't do the simple things. And, and again, they're not willing to do the stuff they should do, or they know they ought to do like, that's the real problem. I'm glad you brought up genetics too. You're probably not going to outwork your genetic code. I know we live in a world where we're supposed to be happy and believe that dreams come true and the human spirit can overcome anything. But if your dad was five foot 10 and a buck 40 and your mom was five feet tall and 97 pounds, you will probably never be over 150 pounds in your life. Like it's just not going to happen for you. That's your genetic stock. Right. On the other hand, if you're Bobby Maximus and you're a direct descendant of the Vikings that came to Canada, Leif Erikson and Eric the Red, you're going to be six foot three, 220 pounds without even looking at a weight. Right. And so people don't understand that. You know, we see it all the time when two Olympians have a baby. And two Olympians have a kid. That kid is a freak athlete. Like it's just the genetic stock it comes from. So you also have to look at your genetics. But again, when you look at genetics across the board, not everyone has a thyroid problem. Not everyone has a what I call a genuine hormonal issue. Mm -hmm. Like one of one of the questions I would ask you because I'm actually curious about this. Yeah. If a person slept eight to nine hours a night in a blackout environment say your average 35-year-old male, mm -hmm. they didn't eat processed food, they didn't drink, they exercised properly, they did some sprints once a week. Maybe they took a supplement like DIIM, it's an anti-estrogen compound yep. found in broccoli, yep. or they took some Tongat Ali, or they took some coenzyme Q10 or some salt or ate a little more saturated fat, they had enough vitamin D, they sunned in the backyard naked. Yep. What's the percentage of men that would actually have a low testosterone issue. I'm going to guess it's pretty low if all those things were in line. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say very low. I, that would come into the genetic factor. Maybe 10% would actually yeah. have so, low testosterone. So you're banking on what? You're like the one out of 10? Like I, I bet you you're one of the nine out of 10. That is just fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's my point. Like you have everyone running around here saying that they are genetically, they didn't win the genetic lottery. They were in the long lineup in heaven, like however you want to put it. But it's just not the case. Most people are pretty good if they're willing to do these other things. Well, and I think there's a misconception that all athletes must be on drugs. You know, people, Bobby, you have to get that question. Like, are, what are you taking, dude? How much testosterone are you taking? And here, you just said that you're drug-free at 43. And I mean, you're built like a brick shithouse. So People have that misconception that, oh, athletes look like that because they take stuff. They're not actually working hard. 
But that's the reason that misconception exists is because normal people aren't willing to do the work. So the 40-year-old lawyer that lives down the street that's stressed out, sleeps four hours a night, eats like garbage, he goes and he gets the testosterone, the, the human growth hormone, the whatever. He can't understand how I'm not using. No, he can't. Because he <laughs> had to, but he also has no concept of like that day I laid out for you earlier of what I do. He's got no real concept of that either or how powerful that can be. Yep. And so that's where people look to other people and blame them. So what you end up with, you end up, but you end up with a bunch of people in the world who are on steroids that aren't that fit, who are on hormones that don't look that good, that they're using it, the Band-Aid solution. And therefore, everybody who looks better than that one person you know who's using stuff, they must also be on something. Yeah. But how many people dedicate their full-time lives to this? Like, I, there's not many. No, there's not many at all. So even if people did, I don't know, 70% of what you do, they would be better off. They would oh, feel better, look you, better, perform better. Yeah, here, here's, here's something actually fairly simple. If you want to change your life hormonally, black out your room and sleep, just sleep seven hours a night. Let's not even say eight, just sleep seven. Number two, get yourself a really good multivitamin complex that's got enough vitamin D and enough coenzyme Q10. And number three, lift some heavy weights and sprint once in a while. If you just could do those three things, which are fairly easy, you would change your life. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm not going to let you go until we talk about cardio and sleep. So you, you mentioned sprinting. I love that you said that because how about, let's talk about the people that are hamsters on the treadmill and the elliptical and the spin bikes and the damn Peloton, which I think is the worst thing that was ever invented for people. Cardio kings and queens, please speak to what constant cardio and no lifting does to the body. Okay, so for me, cardiovascular health is important. Having a high VO2 max, having a good heart, having a good set of lungs, like I think are good indicators of health. Mm -hmm. But it's not developed from what you said, running on a treadmill over and over and over and over again. What that is for is burning calories because you have a self-control issue with what you put in your mouth. You eat the food and now you got to go work it off on a treadmill. There's a problem with that. Those hour-long 90-minute cardiovascular workouts that you're doing over and over and over again, you're going to tank all your hormones. It's not good for you from a healthy perspective. If you were to look at endurance athletes as a whole, poor hormonal health because it just beats you down on opposite end of the spectrum the sprints and the heavy lifting those are going to increase hormonal health and just as an anecdotal thing next time you're watching the olympics see what the 100 meter guys look like or the 100 meter girls look like and watch how they act they win they're like can i swear on this thing by the way yeah 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 They're like, yeah, motherfucker. And they're jumping and screaming and they're pumped up. They look like they're on all kinds of testosterone. And then the person that wins the 800 or the 1500, they like fall to their knees and cry when they win. They're like, oh my God. Not only is there a huge difference in body type here, there's actually a difference in temperament. And so what I tell people, 
is this long, arduous cardiovascular work, it wears down your health. Like, sure, it might be good for burning calories, but you should be able to watch that with some form of self-control. And so I'd rather people focus on short, hard sprints, getting in and out of the gym versus beating themselves down so they can focus on health and recovery. Yep. Exactly. See, this is why you're the brother from another mother. So I have changed people's outlook just by using, and I never thought about the temperament thing. That's a great point. But just by using the analogy of look at a marathon runner, like turn on the Boston marathon, look at all those people just running and they're tired and they're skinny or they're skinny fat. And then look at a sprinter and yep. they are, you know, bulky and muscular and lean. they could step on a body milling stage that day and go run, oh, you know, hurdles and sprints. They're amazing. And, and, but that's the muscular structure. That's the build that we want to go for. We don't want to be skinny, fat and tired, but I never thought about the, the demeanor afterwards. That's a great point. Starts to change you, especially when you're exposed to that long-term. Now, yeah. There are some people that are listening at what? So I can't go for a three hour hike. No, 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 no. You can still go do your three hour hike. You can still go have fun. You can still do cardio. I'm talking about the repetitive effect of just being on a treadmill day after day, after day, after day, after day. It's going to start to break you down. And we talked about hormonal health a little bit. Yeah. It's going to affect your bone density. It's going to affect a lot. And so it's not the healthiest thing. When you see an elite marathon runner, you don't see a picture of health. And again, I have nothing against the sport. It's a sport, but I want to address something else too. Workouts as a whole need to change for your average person. Because the minute you get into performance training, you're getting rid of health. There's a cost. Uh, I may look good. I might have a six pack. I might have the muscles. Like I'm 6'3", 245 pounds. Great. There's nothing healthy about that. Number one, have you ever seen a jacked old person? You don't. They die young. So even though I'm muscular, it's more wear and tear on my heart, more on my kidneys, more on my liver. Theoretically, I could get a kidney for me. Your kidney is responsible for the waste of whatever you weigh, 120 pounds, 115 pounds, 130 pounds. Mm -hmm. Now it's going to be responsible for a 240-pound machine. You do that in a car, part breaks down. and so. There's a lot more wear and tear. There's a lot more wear and tear on the joints. There's a lot more wear and tear on the knees and the back. I'm even shocked that when I ride a little bit lighter by 10 pounds, how much better my knees and back feel. Okay. Yeah. Right. Number, number two, when you floor it all the time, when you test drive the engine, there is a cost. It's not necessarily healthy. And so you start listing out injuries I've had. But no one, no one gets a pulled muscle doing moderate bouts of exercise. Sure. You pull your muscle, sprinting, lifting heavy, doing stuff like that. And so I also want to establish with my clients at least, like, are you training for performance or health? Because no one needs to deadlift 400 pounds. Sure, it's cool. But if you go there, you're going to take some wear and tear. So that's the other thing too. Like what people think is healthy exercise is not. True. Very true. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have that challenge. Like when I was powerlifting, yeah, the powerlifting dudes, they were always like ready to like explode. They looked like they were going to have a heart attack at any moment, but the girls were more, we were kind of more just normal. We just like to lift heavy and show off a little bit, but the guys, you're right, Bobby, everybody looked like they were going to explode. 
So, so it's not necessarily healthy. And so being on a treadmill two hours a day, I don't think is the greatest thing for you. Like for performance, maybe there are some sports you need that for. But for your average person, I think a half an hour a day of somewhat intense exercise is what the doctor ordered. And then you can go focus on recovery and the other things that you should be doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I would rather see someone do, you know, burpees and step ups and get your heart rate up that way than running on a treadmill or sitting on a bike. I mean, at least you're involving more muscles, you're doing weights, body weight. Yeah. And if you look at from a health perspective, the totality, you have the person that goes to the gym for two hours and spends two hours kind of on a treadmill kind of moving, or the person that does 30 minutes, what I call balls out, yeah, then has an ice cold shower, then has a sauna, then has an ice cold shower, and then has some type of healthy thing from the juice bar, that person will be way better off because the totality of all that will work better. So- You mentioned sleep multiple times and I agree with you, but I've never done a deep dive into sleep and not that we can deep dive here, but can you just tell people what you, what you mean? I think everybody knows that they want to get a certain amount of hours of sleep a night. And there are some people out there that will make the excuse that, Oh, well, I'm good on five hours. I'm good on five. So can you talk about what happens to the body when you don't get enough sleep? What if you're not getting deep sleep? Why do you black out your room? Why do you keep it cool? So there's a debate on sleep. Some people think you need eight because that's the number that's been thrown out there. There's a lot of scientific literature I've been reading that it's actually closer to seven that you need, but generally more sleep is better. When you go, what we do know is when you go as a man under five hours of sleep, your testosterone will cut in half. Like literally you're 800, now you're walking around at 400. That's a huge problem. We also know that any form of light that hits your skin will start to wash melatonin away, which takes you out of a deep sleep, which also inhibits your body or prevents your body from making the good chemicals that you need 100%. So we look at sleep as literally closing our eyes, but it's more than that. Your body's going through all kinds of restorative processes to get you ready, to keep you young, to keep you moving, you know, to keep you youthful, if you will. And so the more you sleep, the better you're going to be. There was one study that was done where they took overweight people. They were on average 30 to 50 pounds overweight. The only change they made in these people's lives was getting them to sleep 10 hours a night in a blackout environment. Okay. On average, they lost 30 pounds each. Oh my God. Just, just from sleep, just from, and that's, I mean, a lot of that, frankly, is hormonal because you take somebody from a, call it a 280 to a, I mean, what's high a 700, 600, like whatever that number is, you fix that somebody without even looking at a weight, without even doing exercise or changing their diet, they're probably just going to dump that weight. And so we do know that you cut your sleep off, you're basically turning off the hormonal taps. And so that's where you're going to recharge. Well, the flip side study, the negative study is I, I heard one where they took twins and put them in a, in a controlled environment, nothing else changed, except they stimulated the one twin's brain enough to bring him out of REM sleep. So they didn't actually wake him up. They just kept him from getting that deep restorative sleep that we need. And within three days, he was insulin resistant. Within five days, he was diabetic. Like yeah. that. What yeah. happens? So you, if you just think of stuff like that, it's the easiest thing we could do. I mean, literally, I'm asking you to take a fucking nap. 
Yeah. I'm asking you to sleep. I'm I'm not asking you to even work out at this point. I'm like, go go to sleep. Like you do with a cranky kid. Like it's not that difficult. But that's why I like circle back to the start of the podcast. That's why I'm so medicine averse. It's not that I have an issue with medicine when people really need it. Right. It's that, whoa, whoa, you're willing to take this pill with these potential side effects, but you're not willing to sleep an extra hour a night. You're not willing to exercise. You're not willing. I would be exhausting everything I could do before I would just go down that road. Absolutely. I love it. And this is just, you broke it down. You did exactly what I want to talk about on this podcast, made it simple and called out the bullshit. Because when you listen to everything that you just said, Bobby, you can't argue against it. There's not, there's not a person out there listening that can go, whoa, 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 but, but, but no, there's, there's nothing you can say. You no, just have to do it. You just have to do it and your life will be better because of it. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I went through this, I, uh, got a really bad stomach bacteria. It's called Clistrum difficile. And mm-hmm. I got it after a bout of antibiotics. Yep. I, I genuinely needed the antibiotics. They wipe out all the good stuff in your gut. This invasive thing moves in. I was really, really sick. Yeah. I lost 47 pounds in 30 days, oh, bleeding. They wanted to take some of my intestines out. Long story short, I get it cured. And then I go for a colonoscopy and I've got what the doctor said was incurable, bad ulcerative colitis. Like you're you're, you're, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. Like this diet affected. No. I'm like, what? Are you sure? No, no, no. I mean, you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. <sighs> Like, okay, so I take the meds, go home, start doing some research. Well, it turns out ulcerative colitis is affected by diet. Yeah. It turns out you can do protocols to cure it. Mm-hmm. It turns out you can deal with it. But like, according to him, it was just now you're on this medication for the rest of your life, which have all kinds of side effects. Like the side effects scare me. Have you seen, <laughs> kind of off topic, have you seen the psoriasis commercials yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's like, okay, so I'm I'm looking around and like I don't have perfect skin, but like I got a couple of patches, right? So I'm I'm watching this TV show. It's like so I got a patch of red skin or whatever. Psoriasis, it's ruining your life. Take this pill. By the way, this causes suicidal thoughts, yeah. heart disease, cancer, liver failure, TB. Like I thought TB was eliminated in like the 1800s. Polio, the typhoid fever. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. But Cindy Lauper takes it, so it must be okay. I'm like, or Drew Barrymore. I'm like, I will live with the little patchy skin with the psoriasis or the eczema rather than, I don't know, have a heart attack, cancer, be thinking suicidal thoughts all day. Right. You know, and it's funny when you actually listen to them and they start listing out the side effects of stuff. You're like, God, like, is this something I really, really want to do? The answer is probably not. And so- I try to deal with everything proactively for people. Well, I'm glad to, uh, thanks for sharing that. Cause I know a lot of my, my listeners too have a multitude of gut issues. You see is very, very common and you're right. It's, it's very much tied to food. You can very much heal yourself naturally without medication. So that's just another example. So thanks for sharing that too. Yeah. And, and guess what else? Guess what the answer is no processed food, processed food feeds all that stuff. Exactly. So get exactly. rid of it. And, and, and again, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, I can't eat anything good. No, no, no. I'm actually asking you to eat Hog and Dawes ice cream and spend a bit more money on it than eat like the garbage four liter container of air ice cream. Yep. I'm not even asking you or 
to get an ice cream maker and make your own stuff at home. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not punishing you. I'm actually asking you to have the good stuff. Right. The Michelin star ice cream, the James Beard award-winning ice cream. I, I that's what I want you to have. Dark like chocolate. Bit. How about that? Yeah. That's it. Like real stuff. Yeah. No, you broke this down just beautifully, made it simple, called people out. That's why I wanted you on. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Bobby. So how yeah. can people find you? I follow you on Instagram. So tell people how they can find you and what you got going on right now. I mean, honestly, it's pretty easy. Just type in Bobby Maximus to anything. I don't know, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. I'm old AF, so MySpace, if you have I, I don't even know if I'm maybe slug or somewhere, but you can you can you can look me up there. You can look out Google, Bing, like whatever you want. Just find Bobby Maximus. And I mean, what do I got going on? I'm just living life, trying to be better. Well, you got books. You're- books. I write for yeah. Men's Health. I was just in the Ultimate Fighter series, yep. but I'm trying to live my dream and work hard, which we addressed earlier is a full time job. Yep. You yep. know, it's just the way it is. But you're loving life, so it's worth it. I do. You know, I'm I'm pretty fortunate to be able to do what I love. Like, regardless of who you are out there, I just hope you're doing a job you enjoy because that will change your life as well from a health perspective. Like, if you just love what you do, you'll be so much less stressed, so much happier. Trust me. So true. So true. All right. So we'll put all your links in the show notes, including your MySpace link. And... Uh, <laughs> And thank you so much, Bobby. I appreciate you being on here. No, thank you so much. And thank you for the message that you you spread. I think it's important. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right, I hope to see you soon.